Well, good morning. You've made it through the Christmas week, and you're here with us this morning. We're going to do something a little bit different today. We are a family, are we not? Are we not? Yes, we are. And uh, this is Family Worship Sunday, and also we have children with us and uh, families together, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing to have. We have those that, uh, how many of you are regular attenders over at the venue service that are joining us today? And uh, we, we thank you for coming and joining together over here with us this morning as well. Do you enjoy your blizzard uh, Thursday? Uh, uh, time to just kind of hunker down and spend time together. And uh, I spent it with uh, a cold and by weekend, I had strep throat, and so, you know, it was a great week. Uh, Lori didn't have to listen to me talk. I could just sit and moan and watch football all, all day and into the evening, into the evening. So what we're going to do today is this. You know, this is the time of year when... Uh, Time Magazine and others, they come up with the man of the year, the male athlete of the year, the female athlete of the year, and they acknowledge someone that really was very impactful for the year worldwide. And uh, I got to looking up to, I don't really follow about a lot of that stuff a lot of times. I, I just kind of, it just kind of blows up over me, but I thought, you know, I'm going to find out, uh, you, you know who the man of the year is for 2018? I didn't know it either. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll get to that. That's a good Sunday morning answer. <laughs> You're right, no matter if it's Sunday morning or not, but Time Magazine said the man of the year was the journalist that uh, was uh, brutally slain in Saudi Arabia. Um, and then they also, Time Magazine said that uh, they called them the Guardians. Uh, they were a group of journalists who have been targeted for their work as uh, persons of the year. There were four journalists that uh, either are imprisoned or have, uh, so there are four individuals that Time Magazine said were the persons of the year. And that's, that's awesome. You know who the male athlete of the year is? Me. <laughs> All right. The male athlete of the year wasn't Adrian. Sorry. Although he may think so. Male athlete of the year was LeBron James. Otherwise known as the what? Huh? What? King James. Don't even want to say that in church, do you? It's kind of like, no, he's really not the king. Okay. The female athlete of the year was Serena Williams. And this morning, I wanted to thought, I thought it'd be just fun. I don't think we do this enough in church. I don't think we do this enough as God's family. 
that we spend at least some time this morning talking about the God of our year. The real king of the year. What he's done in your story this year. And so, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says this. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Who did they triumph over? Satan himself. You want the enemy to cower this morning? You want the enemy to retreat and back off? That happens this morning in a time of being able to share the testimony of what God's done in your life this past year in 2018. And so what we have is we have a number of individuals with microphones available. Just go ahead and stand up. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to have an opportunity for you, the church, for the next six minutes. For, and we may have to shut you off because I know you're all anxious. Come on, church. Come on, family of God. You're all anxious to share about what God has done in your life in 2018. So who's going to be the first one to say, man, I can't wait. Boom, I'm going to, I want to share. I don't care if they're children. Don't, parents, do not shove your child's hand down. You let them raise their hand. You let them share, okay? This family time. It's family time. So is there someone over here? Right here, right here. It's a little. It's, go for it. I can't a, wait to do this. Just one I moment. I can't just, wait to do this. What's that? I can't wait to do this. You can't wait to do this. There you go. Go ahead. Um, being able to get closer to God. Um, providing. God provides, and I'm thankful and grateful for that. Being able to be there for my children. And uh, being able to help others. Amen. A different state. So, yeah, that's what God has blessed me with. And Amen. health. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. If you, uh, anybody else, thank you for sharing. We got someone right back here. There we go. Yeah, I always talk at these things, I guess. It's the preacher's kid in me. This year's been a real rough year for my wife and I. Uh, Satan almost broke the family, but most of you know who I am through my back, and my daughter used to always put something in the bulletin about praying for my back. But uh, our year started out with our grandkids being pulled out of the home of my son, mm. and we didn't understand that, but... We knew we couldn't let it go. So we became foster parents for our grandkids. And you have to understand, these were grandkids that we didn't know. Mm -hmm. These were grandkids that had been in places that I wouldn't visit. Uh, they lived in places that we didn't want to visit. And honestly, they drove me nuts. They screamed 110% of the time. Every time they came for a visit, I wanted them to just go home. They just drove me crazy. Mm. But through the whole thing, we've had Liam and Layla over a year. Um, then my son decided that 
if they had another baby that the state would give them back their kids. Well, that didn't work out so well. So now we have a brand new baby also. But God has shown us that, you know, all I ever wanted to be was a dad. You know, there was a point when I turned 30, I thought my life was over, I'd failed. But I realized that, you know, God was telling me all I ever wanted to be when I was a little boy was a dad. Everything else didn't matter. Mm -hmm. I didn't want a career. I wanted a family and I wanted to be a dad. And, you know, we had six wonderful kids. We got to raise five of them. We almost got the fifth one raised. And we were, you know, I was ready to just step into the fat grandpa, put his feet up kind of thing, you know, spoil the kids, fill them full of candy and send them home. And I can still do that with some of them. But, you know, God has shown me that we're not done yet. Amen. And he's given me a love for my grandkids that I didn't have. He's given me a relationship with my grandkids that I never had. And, you know, God has done a lot in our family. And it's shown me that I had a guy in Target walk up and give me $100 and say, Merry Christmas. Hmm. Just all out of the blue, I had a friend of mine that helped us out huge and gave us $200 to help us with our grandkids. And, you know, people are wonderful. Everybody says, you know, this is a... This world is going to the hell in a handbasket. You know, there's people out there that care. There's people out there that are wonderful, wonderful people. And I guess God has shown me, quit worrying about yourself. Quit boo-hooing. And just put one foot in front of the other, and he'll take care of everything you need. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, I just want to mention uh, last September, I think it was, uh, we expected about four or five uh, college students to come to our house for dinner and uh, that evening I think it was 10 10 or 12 showed up we're, we're leaders for a C20 group and uh, this whole year I know for Morris and I both uh, just watching uh, these 12 uh, young people 18 to 21 22 sharing their faith uh, has deepened our understanding of our faith, and, and it, it really, uh, we've received a lot more than we've ever given, and, and that's a God thing. There's no doubt about it. Amen. Amen. It's amazing what happens when we make ourselves available and God uses us to pour into others. He replenishes us, doesn't he? Yeah. Praise God. Over here. At the beginning of the year, um, my husband and I have been dreaming about a, a vegetable farm, growing growing vegetables at our house for about two years now I've been practicing with it and learning and at the beginning of the year we heard there was an auction in Kennesaw so we went to Kennesaw hoping to pick up one of the greenhouses that was going to be sold but we were told a couple days before that that there was multiple people going with large bank accounts to buy the whole thing lock stock and barrel and we don't have large bank accounts <laughs> and when we got there through the Oh, and I, you know, comforted myself all day long before I went to the auction that it's God's will. Whatever God's will is, it'll, it'll be okay. And um, I told my husband, if, if he intended for us to have these greenhouses, it wouldn't matter. It, God moves mountains. And when we got there, the, it was sold for lock, stock, and barrel for lots and lots of money. And um, the owner didn't want the greenhouses to go with the property. So we ended up getting to buy the greenhouses for $500 a piece because nobody else was there that wanted greenhouses but us. So truly moving of Amen. mountains. 
doesn't always happen the way we want, but he, God works it out, right? Amen. A couple more, a couple more, and then we'll have to... Um, this time last year, uh, my wife and I got divorced. Um, we, well, I uh, completely surrendered myself. And uh, this past year, God has done a number on us. And uh, we're back together dating. Um, this church, um, the class R3, um, has got me through a lot of things, um, sober. Um, Pat Fox, please stand up. I see you over there. Um, this guy has uh, been my brother, and I love you. And he got me through, through so much. So with God, anything's possible. Amen. 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 One more? Anybody else? There's a, there's a little gal way in the back there. She raised her hand. Are you, are you good to go? No? Okay. Hello. Right here. Hey, my name is Rick McGee. I'm from Kearney here. And I give a big shout out to R3 too. It was, uh, I've been a year and a half sober. Super embarrassing. But <clears throat> this time I tried to put Christ first. And I give a shout out to Brad Brandt. Amen. I tried it before in the past and it didn't work. And I still struggle putting him first, but I think that's what helped my sobriety the most. Thank you. Amen. 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 Is there anyone else? Go ahead. So this I'm only going to give you two minutes, Manny. Come on. Um, I already went, but I just want to say thank you to Pastor Brian, Pastor Adrian, all the leadership in this church, front office, back office, everybody, um, for the things you've done for this community and for us here in the church. So I forgot to say that at the beginning. I want to say it, but you cut me short. <laughs> but uh, shout out to all of you guys, man. You guys are amazing. Yeah. So God bless you all, man. Thank you. All right. It's the last one, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm here, and it'll be quick. This comes out to, for Brian. Uh, is it? Okay, go ahead. I uh, had a problem with some bleeding in doctor's care and had to be uh, rushed to Omaha for um, surgery. And Brian the angels came upon his shoulders and tried to catch uh, the ambulance running along beside it to offer me prayer and comforts. And Brian, that meant so much to me and my family, and we felt the power of the Lord of your blessings. And we, we pray that uh, you keep up the good work. Thank you. Oh, it's, those are good stories. Stories of brokenness and restoration. It's what it's all about, right? It's what it's all about. It's all, I, I love the fact that we were so real this morning. I love the fact that we didn't uh, uh, make it flowery and uh, 
and, and pretty. We said, hey, I'm broken. This is, what I, uh, this is where I'm working at, and this is where I'm struggling. This is where my marriage is. This is where my own personal life is. And this is what Jesus is doing in the midst of that. Jesus is the man of the year. He's the man not only of this year, but he's the man of every day. He's our Savior. Amen? He's our Redeemer. He's our Restorer. He is also our peace. He is also our peace. And uh, I want us to turn to Luke chapter 2. And before, before we uh, dive into that, I've just realized that I've forgotten a big part of an announcement this morning, so this is going to be like really awkward, a little really weird, but I promised Adrian I would do it, so I better do it. But uh, it's the end of the year, and so if you have made a um, pledge or, or uh, anything toward the capital campaign, this is the time to, uh, to, to do that for this year for yourself, okay? Use it as a tax write-off if we can talk about that on a Sunday morning that way. But uh, um, if you have not, uh, if you have the desire, God's nudged on your heart to help in the support of the capital campaign and help us to get those initiatives launched off from here to there, the uh, purchase of the church in Magange and the uh, uh, prayer room and the youth room and reducing our debt, that's where peace comes from is when we we fulfill those kind of things. And so if that is uh, God's nudging on your heart, if you just post-date uh, a check on December 31st, 2018, um, yeah, that, would be, that would be good to go. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for what we've just heard this morning. God, thank you that you're our peace. And you're our strength and you're our help in time of need. And I know that there's more and more stories across this, this auditorium this morning. I know that there's a lot more different brokennesses and everything. But you know, sometimes it just does us good, God, to just kind of stop and say, okay, God, where did you show up in my life to, this year? Where have you, I seen your faithfulness? Where have I seen your peace? Where have I seen your restorative work in my life? Where have I seen you redeeming and restoring and renewing me in my spirit? God, I pray that we would take that time. Give you the glory for all things. And when we, we give you the glory, the highest of glory to you, the greatest of peace comes down upon our lives. So, Father, I pray that you just take these next few moments that we will understand the God of peace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is... The great story, we're kind of closing out our Christmas series. So it's kind of that awkward time, you know, we, Christmas is over, but New Year's is beginning, and, and yet we're still kind of in Christmas mode. And, and so uh, Luke chapter 2, verses um, 8 to 14, 
we're going to read this, and then I'm going to share a few thoughts on this this morning. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. What a moment that must have been. You know, I think of Christmas. Christmas Day is over. The season, uh, the hustle and bustle of everything is over, supposedly, right? How many of you went back and returned things from Christmas this past week? Went to the customer service, exchanged it. Could you tell me why a lot of us return and exchange things? Maybe sometimes it's broken when we receive it, right? Sometimes it's not the right size. Or sometimes we just don't want it. There you go. There's honesty right there. And it's kind of like, what is this? Wasn't even close to the list I gave you. But we return it to an exchange for something better. As you unwrap this past year in 2018, as this year kind of you kind of unwrapped it and you started unpacking this past year of 2018, I bet you there are some things you wish you could exchange. I bet you there, there are some things you wish you could say, ah, I don't want this. I didn't expect this this year. Could I exchange it for something else? I bet it was that, God, this really doesn't fit me. Why did you let this come into my life? What's this all about? And this morning I want you to, to look at this story of the shepherds. Could you imagine the shepherds? They're kind of hanging out. The day is done. They're, they're tending their flocks. It was in the evening, it says. They're keeping their watch over their flocks at night. So the shepherds, you know, they, they get the herd of sheep together and then they kind of hunker down together. And, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Just kind of like, boom. It's there. Have you ever done that to your mom? Have you ever done that to your wife or your spouse where all of a sudden they're in a room and they're kind of focusing on what they're doing, right? And, and, and they're, you can just see that they're busy, but you just kind of go in and you just stand in the room and you just stand there.
And all of a sudden, they turn around and go, oh, oh my goodness. How long were you there? Have you ever done that? Now, you take that and you multiply that probably 100 times for these shepherds, right? I mean, they're, they're just tending to, and all of a sudden, there is this heavenly being, this angel, that just kind of like, boom. I'm telling you, they would scare the bejeebers out of me. And it's amazing to me that, that it says that they were frightened. But what does the angel say? Do not be afraid. If you go throughout Scripture, whenever God is going to do something big in your life, God always reassures you, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I know this is bigger than what you expected. I know this is huge. I know this isn't what you uh, are used to, but I just want you to know, do not be afraid. And then they say to the angel, says to the shepherds, I will bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The first thing I want you to understand is this. Fear comes before God reveals his purpose. In our life, fear will always come before God reveals his purpose of what he's trying to do in that midst, in that moment. The shepherds were terrified. Have you, have you had moments this past year where you were terrified? Had you had moments this past year where you were just kind of like, I don't know why this is happening to me. I don't know what's going on. But you know what, God? God says, do not be afraid. I'm with you. I will bring you good news that will cause great joy. And when you're terrified at the moment and you stay the course, you will get to the end and you will see the great joy. But it's what we do in the midst of the fear that is the key. You see, then it wasn't only enough for that to happen, but he, they described to this to the shepherds, this will be a sign for you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in cloths and, and lying in a manger. He's going to be the Messiah. He's the promised Messiah. Now this is going to the shepherds. It's not going to the mayor. It's not going to the priests. It's going to the shepherds. It's going to the individuals that are just out on their own doing their mundane work of tending sheep that no one else really cares about. The shepherds. But God enters in and, he, and introduces the great news to them. You see, and then as they're getting this message, not only is it the one angel, the one messenger, but then it, on top of that, it says a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. I mean, it's kind of like, Featured singer, featured messenger, and then all of a sudden, boom! There's this great host, this kind of army. A host is like an army of beings that are there, and they're all proclaiming loudly in one big voice, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to whom his favor rests. Wow. 
I, 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 I stop and I, I look at that verse. And I got to thinking, what, what, what is it that God, that, that is happening here? And you know, I, I noticed the first thing that happened here in this statement of this great host, this great announcement of Jesus' birth, this great announcement that, that peace is now coming to, to the earth, this great announcement is this, that God's glory is needing to be the first thing that happens in our life in the midst of our frightened, terrified life. We give God the glory in the highest. Glory to God in the highest heaven. These beings were giving God the highest glory. When I give God the highest glory, I then open myself up to exchange what is in my life to all of a sudden what he is trying to intervene and give us a message of hope for the future. When I put him first, when I worship God first, most then I open myself up to his purpose. So here's, here's the phrase for today. We see God in his word as the highest authority. Then we are able to embrace his purpose as the highest priority. Okay? When, so the angels were given God glory in the highest heaven. Not just in the highest. I mean, it qualified it, right? We're giving God glory in the highest heaven. He is the God of all gods. He is the supreme being. He is the God, the creator of all the universe. He, he is deserving of all the glory. He's deserving of all the authority in my life. He is the God that is completely sovereign in control over all things. I give him all the glory. And when I give him all the glory and I recognize his ultimate authority, then I am able to embrace his highest purpose and his highest priority in my life. And that's when peace comes in. Because he says, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. You see, we don't really like authority a lot of times, do we? We don't like to have it, someone tell us. We don't want to have to be under authority. We want to be our own authority. And God's word is the highest authority. This word, this Bible, God's word is our highest authority. Not our feelings, not our... Not, certainly not our preferences. We don't get to decide what really happens in our life, but we get to decide where we're going to go to or who we're going to go to when it happens in our life, right? And God is the ultimate authority. God's word says that Jesus is the rock. He is our rock. In the midst of the storms of life, he is the rock and we will weather the storm. That's what God's word says. It's the highest authority. Jesus says, it is the world, you will have tribulation. But what? Take heart, I have what? I have overcome the world. 
Jesus didn't sugarcoat anything. He said, this world is going to be difficult. There's not going to be peaceful moments in your life. But I want you to know, you can rest on the one that gives you peace in the midst of the storms. And that's me because I have overcome all that the world is throwing at you. God's word says, when I am lonely, that God is with me always. Are you lonely this season? God says he's with you. God says, when I'm struggling in the trials and the flood and the fire, he will, not over, he will not allow them to overcome me. Have you faced some floods and fires this past year? All the, when we build our lives on who God is, glorious and mighty, all-powerful, loving, compassionate, we then see a greater purpose for the things we're going through. And his ways become our priority. And peace enters in. Jesus says this in John 14, 27. Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Jesus is known in Isaiah 9-6 as the Prince of Peace. You can't have peace of God until you have peace with God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, in Romans 5, verse 1, it says that, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by your faith and trust in who Jesus is in your life, and you let Jesus come into your life, peace comes in that is unexplainable. It's a peace that passeth understanding. You cannot comprehend it. You cannot put words to what this peace does. But you justify, if you are justified by faith through Jesus Christ, you will have peace with Jesus. Colossians 3.15 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you and I are called to peace. We're called to live in peace. Not something that we can manufacture. It's not something that we can buy. It's not something that we drum up in our own effort. It's something that we surrender to who Jesus is. He becomes our peace. He becomes the one that says, yes, you're facing tribulations, but I want you to know this. I have overcome them. You rest in me. You trust me, and I will give you peace. I want to wrap this up with this. In Luke chapter 2, the, the shepherds got this great message, right? On earth, peace to those whom favor rest. And when the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, what are we going to do about this? No, they said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing. And they hurried off. 
What did they leave? They left their flocks. They left their livelihood. They left the risk. They took the risk of leaving that which they were tending to that could affect the future of their lives. They left to come to meet this, this peace, this peace, this Jesus. You know, sometimes the biggest problem with us, with myself, and with all of us, I think, when it comes to peace, is that we just don't want to leave the control we have. and surrender to the peace of Christ. You know, the other thing that I was amazed with, they said the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which just as they had been told. They heard about the message. They saw a baby. But they were thrilled and excited about what was happening in their life. They did not understand how this peace was coming. It was 33 years from that point on that Jesus died on the cross. They did not understand the full end of what this all meant, that the great joy of salvation for all people was going to come. They did not understand all the details. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, family, We need to trust God's word. We're not always going to understand the final outcome. But we give glory to God. The higher the glory, the greater the peace that we will find. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your love and for your grace and your faithfulness to us. We ask, God, that you will help us to to be drawn into your peace, into your presence. I don't know what heartaches and difficulties and trials, tribulations, adversities anybody is facing here. I know there's people that have lost jobs. I know there are people that are battling with health and not sure and are terrified with the future. But Jesus says, do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. I have overcome all that. I am the victor. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way that you, I will help you navigate through this. I am your peace in the midst of the storm. May, may each and every one of us be willing to let go of the control of what we have and enter into the peace of the presence of Jesus. In Christ's name we pray.